Welcome to a special Word on Wednesday podcast for Maundy Thursday, Good Friday. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. Why? Why, despite all the hopes and dreams that with globalization, the world would become a better place, is there an aggressive and intrusive war against a peaceful neighbor, Ukraine? Why is it that the four freedoms defined by Franklin D. Roosevelt in 1941, freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, and freedom from fear, are in danger of being subverted in varying ways in the spheres of politics, the media, and social media, education, and family life. Why, two millennia ago, did Jesus of Nazareth die? He lived a life of unquestionable purity. He was never accused of lying. He showed compassion for the needy and the outcast and revealed his unique divine power and authority in his care, his teaching and debating. And when Pilate, the Roman governor in Judea, asked him at his trial what he had done, he responded, My kingdom is not of this world, implying there is more to life than our present experience. Luke chapter 22 verses 14 through 23. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and his apostles with them. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is a new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. Luke chapter 22 records Jesus' words at a Passover meal with his disciples, what became known as the Last Supper. When Jesus broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, he said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Passover is a special occasion for the Jewish people, as they remember the time God had passed over their homes when they were enslaved in Egypt around 1200 BC, bringing about their release. Passover became the annual celebration of God's goodness and grace, and the freedom they came to enjoy. The Passover looks back. On the night of the first Passover, God decreed that every Hebrew household should take an unblemished lamb, slaughter it, and sprinkle the blood on the doorposts of their homes. Each household was to have roast lamb for their evening meal. God promised that his angel of death would pass over every household where the blood of a lamb was on the doorposts. But Passover also looks forward. Twelve centuries later, 
Luke records that Jesus carefully prepared a Passover meal with his disciples on the night before his death. It was a time when the Jewish people had once again lost their political freedom. For some six centuries, they had been puppets to superpowers, and now they lived at the pleasure of the Roman Emperor. Passover signified freedom, and even the gloomiest of Israel's prophets, Jeremiah, spoke of a new day of hope. The days are coming, he said, when God would make a new covenant with the house of Israel, when God would put his law within them, and he would write it on their hearts, and he would be their God, and they should be his people. For, Jeremiah said, God said he will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. When Jesus prepared to celebrate Passover with his friends, patriotic feelings were running high. Believing people in Jerusalem would have been remembering the exodus from Egypt. When Jewish families gathered for Passover, they would say, Today we are slaves. Perhaps next Passover we shall be free. At his last supper with his disciples, Jesus dropped a thunderbolt. For when he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it, he gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body given for you. The breaking of the unleavened bread is a vital part of the Passover. Every Jewish family member around the table knew by heart the words the host would recite. This is the bread of affliction that our fathers ate in the land of Egypt. All who hunger, let them come and eat. All who are in need, and let them celebrate the Passover. But Jesus' words are electrifying. He didn't say, this is the bread of affliction, but rather, this bread is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance not of the Passover, but of me. He has made his body, his dead body, the focus of the Passover meal. And that raises something else that is strange about this Passover meal. Roast lamb would have been the centrepiece of the meal. Peter and John may have prepared the meal, but there's no mention of lamb in any of the Gospel records. Jesus was telling them, and is telling us now, that he is the sacrificial lamb around which the new Passover feast must revolve. This is reinforced with his further surprising words, for when he took the cup of wine at the end of the meal, he said, This cup is the cup of the new covenant. The Passovers you have been celebrating over the years, Jesus is saying, Look forward to God's new covenant. Well, Passover is about to find its fulfillment. This is the last Passover of the old age and the first Passover of the new age. Jeremiah said of the new covenant that God will forgive their wicked ways and remember their sin no more. The self-focused desires of people's hearts had ruined the old covenant relationship with God. Jesus had not come to save his people from Roman oppression, nor had he come simply to restore peace, safety and security, prosperity and a good lifestyle. No, 
Jesus had come to save his first followers and you and me today from our deepest need, our love of self and our indifference to God. And Jesus has done it in exactly the same way that the Lamb had saved the Hebrews on that first Passover night. As Jesus said at the Last Supper, he gave his body and he shed his blood as the Passover Lamb to rescue us from death. Responding to a question about his reason for writing The Lord of the Flies, William Golding reportedly said, I believed then that men and women were sick, not exceptional humanity, but average men and women. I believed that the condition of men and women was to be a morally diseased creation, and that the best job I could do at the time was to trace the connection between their diseased nature and the international mess they get themselves into. Imagine for a moment you were the firstborn in a Hebrew family at the first Passover. A lamb had been slaughtered, the blood sprinkled on the doorposts, and you awoke the next day to the sound of wailing from every Egyptian household. For in each home, someone had died. You thought for a moment, and then suddenly you were really awake. That lamb died instead of me. Because that lamb died, God spared me. This is my body given for you. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood, Jesus said. I chose to die in your place to save you from the second death, God's just condemnation, he is saying. Elsewhere, Jesus speaks of wars and rumours of wars in this world. And in another place, he says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Jesus' resurrection from the dead authenticates all his words and actions. At the Lord's Supper, or Holy Communion, Archbishop Thomas Cramner sets out Jesus' death as the one oblation of himself once offered, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. When we come to Communion, We are called upon to truly and earnestly repent of our sins, with the intention of leading a new life, walking in the Lord's holy ways. We are to draw near with faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, our one and only Saviour. He is our only hope in life and death. So let me pray. Almighty Father, look graciously upon your people for which our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and given up into the hands of wicked men and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen.
God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world, and especially upon the people of Ukraine at this time. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all men and women, and banish from them the spirit that makes for war. Sovereign Lord, direct and govern the leaders of the nations. Especially we pray for the leaders in the United States, the United Kingdom, Ukraine, Russia and China. Give them the will and the wisdom to resolve tension and conflict, so that all people may live in justice and peace. We ask this so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one people and in obedience to your laws, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And a prayer for those in need. Almighty God, we commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, especially those who suffer and grieve in this time of unprovoked war in Ukraine. We also pray for those who are known to us. May it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and our happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and April Marks, a member of Christchurch Presbyterian San Francisco. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the opening and concluding music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney. The hymn, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, attributed to Bernard of Clairvaux, is sung by the Cathedral Chamber Choir under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.